good singing tonight. We're going to get right into the message tonight. We're going to walk through our back to Bethlehem right after our services real quick. And so I wanted to get right into the message. And so uh, we've been studying the book of John, been looking at uh, portraits of Christ, how John uh, portrayed Christ in the, the book of John. And uh, we've seen, uh, we've been through the first 13 chapters. Well, this week we were supposed to be on chapter 14. Well, I skipped a few chapters just because of the way I was studying, and uh, um, you'll see in just a moment. But we're going to be in chapter 19, chapter 19, and uh, that was one of the reasons why I picked at Calvary. And uh, this is talking about the crucifixion of Christ, and... Um, by way of introduction, since Pearl Harbor will be here, uh, we'll be celebrating or remembering uh, Pearl Harbor on December the 7th, December the 7th, 1943, the Japanese Army, uh, Army forces bombed the U.S. naval base in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. President Roosevelt delivered a radio address that day that described the, uh, the day the, as a day that will live in infamy. Uh, Webster's Dictionary describes infamy as, as disgrace, a dishonor, and great wickedness. And uh, now, there's no one who will deny that what the Japanese uh, did that day was an act of extreme and great wickedness. In fact, it, it, it led to the deaths of hundreds of, of thousands of soldiers all over the South Pacific. I heard the assassination of uh, President Kennedy, or uh, the assassination of President Kennedy, described as one of the most infamous day uh, in history of our great nation. Uh, that may be very well so. However, I, I would like to take you back in time to about 2,000 years ago. Uh, that will forever stand as a day of uh, infamy, as a day of. Uh, 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 day of in history where all humanity will remember this day. On that day, the the crea uh, creator, uh, uh, the creator took steps to kill the. Cre uh, I'm sorry, the creature took steps to kill the creator. And uh, on that day, mankind raised its rebellious fist at God and said, uh, tried to slay and kill Almighty God Himself. On that day, the darling Son of God became the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. And that day Jesus Christ was crucified is probably, I would say, the most infamous day that's ever been had in the world. This evening I want us to see the portrait of Jesus and as the crucified King. As the crucified King. And today I want us to remember what what he endured to provide salvation for sinners. Is that bothering anybody else? Will you turn that off? I don't know how to... Thank you. That's just my head's going like this. I'm like, oh, it was bugging me. So thank you. All right, let's get back to it. So I want to uh, also take a fresh look at Calvary. A fresh look at Calvary. I think it's, it does us well to look back at Calvary sometimes, especially this time of the year because, of course, Christ being born, uh, um, we celebrate the birth of Christ, but, uh, uh, and also, you, you know, uh, uh, the birth of Christ is just foreshadowing the, uh, 
the crucifixion. So it's always good to take a fresh look at Calvary and the events that took place on that day. As we consider, G- consider Jesus the crucified king, I want us to see just how much uh, our Lord and Savior went through just for me and how much he went through for just for you. I want you to see what he was willing to endure uh, for your sins and for my sins. And I want you to see how his death on the cross can become the means of your salvation if you're not saved uh, this evening. Uh, let's look at this uh, in Luke, or I'm sorry, Mar- uh, John chapter number 20, John chapter 19. Let's uh, read the first few verses here. This says, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. And he said, Hail, and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I found no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto him, Behold the man. When the chief priests, therefore, and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said, saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate, therefore, heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou there couldst have no power at all against me, except it be, were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. And uh, from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh him a, himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in the place uh, that is called the, the pavement, but in the Hebrew, uh, Gabbatha. And it was, it was the preparation of the Passover in about the sixth hour, and he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Uh, then delivered he him, uh, therefore, unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you again for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts just now. Give us exactly what we need to hear, that we may be uh, encouraged and helped uh, to get through the rest of the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, w- I want you to notice three or four thoughts this evening. We'll have the message on the crucified king. I want you to notice, number one, the king and uh, was condemned. Uh, we read there in the first 16 verses here about how Jesus uh, was, was, uh, came before Pilate and all this. And uh, there were several groups that were involved in the rejection and the, uh, the condemnation of the king uh, uh, of, on this awful day. Uh, let's take a look at these uh, who were directly involved in the crucifying of our king of kings. Notice, number one, there were some ruthless men that were involved. 
some ruthless men. Look there in verse 2 and 3 again. The Bible says there, And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they smote him with their hands. There were some, some pretty ruthless men. I'm talking about the soldiers here. These guys were, uh, they were known to be uh, mean and aggressive. They were, uh, they were not uh, kind gentlemen. Uh, these, these verses tell us that these hardened men took the Lord, our Lord Jesus and scourged him. And they mocked him by, piercing, uh, uh, by placing a crown of thorns upon his head and, and treating him very cruelly. And these were the, uh, some of the same men who would later take the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and nail him to the cross and uh, gamble over his garments. And, and, uh, and um, these men were directly responsible for the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There were some ruthless men. But then that notice that there were some religious men there. There were some religious men. Look there in verse 4 through 7. I'm not going to read it all, but it says, Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may uh, know that I find no fault. Uh, go on down, it says in verse 6, When the chief priests therefore uh, and the officers saw him, they cried out, uh, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. The Jews were there, and uh, they said, We have a law. There were some religious men there. Uh, verse 15, notice it says, But they cried out, Away with him, and away with him, crucify him. And uh, talking about the chief priest and those that were... So there were some religious men. These chief priests and these scribes were involved in the death of our Lord and the, uh, as they arrested and accused him and condemned him for faulty claims, things that he did not do. And uh, they mocked him and, uh, as he died. Uh, these men were directly responsible for... Uh, the death of our Lord and Savior. But then not only is that, there were some ruling men. Some ruling men. Uh, talking both about uh, Pilate and Herod. They were both directly involved. They had the power within. They even, they even said, hey, don't you know we have the power to crucify you or let you go free? And uh, so they, uh, the, they were guilty of ignoring what they knew to be true about the Lord. It would appear from the story that Pilate tried everything short of bravery uh, uh, to get Jesus relieved. Uh, be that it may, these men had power and the ability to set Jesus at liberty, yet they chose to let him die. Therefore, they were directly involved in the crucifying of our Lord and Savior. Then I want you to notice in verse 18, there's a rebellious man. It says, where they crucified him and two others with him on either side, one, and Jesus in the midst. The Bible tells us that Jesus was crucified between two thieves. The Bible also tells us that these men ridiculed uh, Jesus and rejected him uh, vocally on that day. Even though one of the thieves came to Jesus later on, uh, they both directly were responsible for the death of Jesus. But then I want you to notice in chapter 23, verse 21, there was a riotous man. There was a riotous among who rejected Christ on that fateful day, uh, infamous day, where the crowds had gathered in, uh, for the, uh, at Jerusalem for the Passover uh, celebration of the Passover. Without a doubt, some of the, these people were the same ones, the same ones that 
who lined the streets just a few days saying, uh, Hosanna, Hosanna. Now they're, they're crying out, crucify him, crucify him. Let the blood be on our hands, they're saying. And they were directly responsible. But then I want you to notice there's regular men. Regular men. Lest we be quick to uh, condemn those who condemned the, the Lord, we need to take a step back and look at the real reason the Lord went to the cross. Why did he go to the cross? You see, I believe that the Bible teaches, and I believe that we are the ones that are involved. It's, it's our fault. Jesus, we put him there. He went there because all men are sinners and, we, and, and stand in need of a Savior. When Jesus went to the cross, he was dying for the sins of humanity. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.15, and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. When Jesus went to the cross, he literally became sin for you and for me. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be, the righteous, be made the righteousness of God in him. Since that is true, then you and I are responsible for the condemnation for condemning our Lord. Why did the cross happen for you and me? The king was crucified and it was my fault because of my sins. Then I want you to notice not only was the, the king condemned, but notice that the king was crucified. In verses 18 through 29, I'm not going to read it because you know the story very well. Uh, these verses give us a brief account of, of the time Jesus spent on the cross of Calvary. John doesn't give us some of, the, uh, some of the details that some of the other gospel writers write in, the, in their writings, but his account is vivid enough to give us uh, uh, insight of that infamous day when Jesus died on, for all humanity. Notice, number one, the pain of the cross. Now, the Bible sums up the crucifixion in, in one verse. Actually, in verse 18, it simply says they crucified him. They crucified him. However, we need to realize just what he suffered. Just to say crucified doesn't really do it justice. Uh, we don't really get the, under, the understanding, the image there. Can you imagine having long iron spikes driven through your hands and your feet? Can you, can you imagine hanging on the cross for six hours after you've been beaten and whipped so badly by this band of soldiers? We can't even begin to comprehend the pain that our Lord went through that day to atone for the sins of man. In fact, crucifixion is widely known as the most horrible form of execution ever displayed or devised by man. When a person was nailed on the cross, now I read this, and when a person was nailed on the cross, the nails would come into contact with the uh, median nerve that runs through the forearm into the hand. This would irritate the nerve and cause the body to undergo violent spasms, which would result in the body being slammed into the upright wood of the, of the cross. Also, the body would sag due to the fatigue and the weakness in the limbs. This collapsing the body uh, would result in the chest muscles uh, preventing the lungs to fully expand and be able to expand so he couldn't breathe. The only way uh, uh, the condemned man could breathe would be uh, for him to push against the nails in his feet 
as he pulled against the nails in his hand. Now we need to get a picture of this because it's not just, uh, Hollywood can't do it justice. And sometimes even reading it, you, you, don't, you skip through it, you read through it so fast. So I, I wanted to get some further details, so I looked at some commentators. I looked at some different things that was said about the cross. And this action would raise, uh, as he would raise himself up, it would allow him to, his lungs to fill up. And this had to be repeated each time a breath was needed. Eventually the body would become so weak, so frail from all the, the hard work uh, combined with the, the blood loss and the, the uh, dehydration and the exhaustion, the victim would be unable to lift up his body anymore and he would suffocate. What a horrific way to die. Jesus died a horrible death, a painful death, a death unspeakable, cruel and vile, all because he loved you. The purpose, now I want you to notice the pain of the cross, but also the purpose of the cross. When we think of the death that Jesus endured for us on the cross, the question comes to, why would he do this? Why, why would he, knowing, I mean, it wasn't, didn't catch God by surprise, the Lord by surprise. He knew that it, what he was going to go through. He knew the pain, the suffering. Why would he go through that? Well, the reason is very simple and straightforward. Jesus died the death he did. He suffered the agony he did. He endured the pain and suffering that he did so that he might manifest the love of God toward us. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he might pay the price for our sins. Why did he go to Calvary? He went to the cross so that you wouldn't have to go to hell. Then I want you to know the primacy of the, the cross. There seems to be a movement today, it's been going around for some time, but there's a movement uh, that would take down the cross and undermine the necessity of the blood. However, try as they might, men can never take away the need of the cross. In fact, uh, what the world calls foolish is called powerful and necessary by the Lord. Now, man may try to sanitize the gospel to make it more appealing to the lost world, but when the blood of Jesus and his agony on the cross is stripped away from the gospel message, there's no gospel left. I still believe in the blood. You see, there's only, some, there's only some religious message that doesn't have the power. Uh, there's only some religious message that doesn't have the power to save one sinner from the eternal hell. Let the world take what it will. I'll take the old rugged cross. I'll still take the blood because it's the blood that saves. It's still the blood. Notice the king was condemned. He was crucified. But then notice his conquering. In verses 30 through 42, I want you to notice first the cry. The cry. After six hours on the cross, Jesus had spoken a few times already, and yet when he is about to give up his spirit, he said, it is finished. Now, it's very... You've heard me say this. We need to understand. He didn't say, I'm finished. Like, I quit. He's saying, it is finished. Now, in order for us to really understand what this means, uh, what this... I'm going to to better understand what this it is finished means. It, 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 when you look at it up, it, it's a servant word. 
uh, when, when used when a task is completed or finished. It's also a priestly word. When a, a sacrificial animal was examined and found worthy, he'd say it is finished. It's also a farmer's word used when an animal was born that was a perfect specimen or uh, there. He would say it is finished as it is completed. And then it's an artist's word used when an artist had applied the finishing touches to a masterpiece. It meant that nothing more could be done to make it better. And then it's a merchant's word used when a merchant and a customer had haggled a price over something, they reach a price that both accepted on. You ever done that? If you ever been on a cruise, you go to Bahamas or something like that, and you haggle prices, and then finally uh, you tell them, I'll, I'll give you, they'll start out for like $50, and then you'll say, I'll give you 5 And you're thinking, I'll go up to $10, and they'll think, well, I'll get as much as I can out of them. And so you go, and they'll, they'll, you walk away, and uh, they'll say, okay, I'll, I'll, how much you like to pay? And then I'll say, okay, the most I'm going to pay is $10. And they'll say, okay, $15. I'll say, no, I don't want $15, $10. And I'll walk away. Okay, $10, come back here. And that's the agreement price. It's a merchant's term. That's what it means when, the, when both are satisfied with the deal. When Jesus made this cry, he was telling us that the price had been paid, salvation had been finished, and that God was satisfied with the price. That's what it means. It gives you a lot more meaning whenever you actually look up what these words truly mean. But then I want you to notice not only the cry, notice the completion. After Jesus uttered this cry, he died and was taken from the cross and he was buried. Please understand that when Jesus went to the cross, it was absolutely necessary for him to die. If he hadn't died on the cross, sin would have never been paid for. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. After all, the wages of sin is death. There had to be a death sacrifice. There had to be a blood sacrifice. Uh, people think that the cross is bloody. And they're right, but... You cannot be saved without faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But then I want you to notice the continuation. I decided years ago that if I ever preached on the cross, I'm not going to leave the Lord dead. Because three days later, He arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And I'd rather, I'm not going to leave him on the cross. The good news is that three days after he died, he also rose from the dead. He paid the, pri he paid the price of sin and he rose and provided our justification. The greatest words in the Bible are probably found in Matthew 28, verse 6. The fact that, that Jesus is risen. He's risen for he is not here. Uh, it sets Christianity apart from the rest of all other religions. Our faith is a living part. Is a, our faith is a living faith, and it is in a living Lord. Jesus is alive, and all, and so is everyone who places their faith in Him for salvation. In conclusion, I thank God this evening that Jesus was crucified, that He was buried, and that He rose the third day. I'm thankful that he willingly suffered for your sin and for mine. The question that remains today is, have you been saved? 
Are you trusting in Jesus and Jesus alone for your salvation? If you're trusting in Him for your salvation, if you've already trusted Him, you're saved, then uh, let me ask you, what are you doing for Him? Are you living for Him? After realizing what all that Christ went through, after all the pain, the suffering that He went through, what are we willing to do for Him? How, much are, how far are we willing to go for Him? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just had a quick thought for us tonight. I knew that we were going to have kind of abbreviated service tonight because I wanted to have, have, us, have enough time to do our Back to Bethlehem walkthrough. But I want you to think about the crucified King. It's a day, that day will go down as a day of infamy. Most infamous day of, that's ever been in the history of time. The day that Jesus Christ went to the cross to die for our sins. As we examine our hearts tonight, I hope and pray that you've made that decision in your, your heart and your life. You're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ. Today's the day of salvation. Now's the accepted time. If you're here and you're saved and you're not living for God, why not? Thanking back for all that He's done for us, why not? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for this day. Thank You for Your love, Your mercy, and Your grace. Lord, I thank You for the folks that were able to come out tonight. Lord, I pray that You would just speak to their hearts. Lord, I pray that You would just help us to apply this message to our lives. Lord, that we don't forget that we don't forget all that you've done for us, all that you went through. Lord, sometimes we think of the cross and it just we skip right past it. Lord, I don't know if it's because we don't want to think about it, but Lord, it does my heart good to think about all that you did because you loved me. Lord, I pray that we'll take this message to our heart and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. As God has spoke to your heart, I want to encourage you to find a place at the altar, pray where you're at, to search your heart. Number one, see, know if you were to die today, you're going to heaven. You need to make sure of that. Number two, if you're saved with all that Christ has done for you, why not surrender? Why not do more for Him? heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're going to have just a time of prayer here. And I want, to, want you to remember Miss Mona's mom. Miss Mona's mom, she had a heart attack this week. Um, and would ask that you would remember Miss Mona's mom. Uh, she's home, I believe. Uh, Brother Kirk told me that she was got to go home. And uh, so would ask that you remember her in your prayers. Um, continue to pray for Brother Jack's mom. Um, Brother Jack's having a really hard time with this. I haven't heard anything else. Uh, I just know that he's having a really tough time. So pray for uh, Miss Bonnie and uh, pray for Brother Jack. Someone else have a prayer request tonight? Yes, Faith. 
Okay, uh, Luke, Faith's friend, had his knee surgery and everything went well. Just pray for uh, continued recovery uh, for Luke Miller. Someone else? Yes, Jennifer. Yes, well, John. Yes. Continue to pray for Jill Branson and Angie as she's making those decisions. Yes, Miss Melinda. Yes, Ms. Martha. John's going to have surgery in January and on back. Okay. All right. Anyone else? All right. Continue to pray for Back to Bethlehem this weekend. This is crunch time. And so remember Back to Bethlehem, those folks that will be here. It's an exciting time. All right. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we do again thank you for the privilege we have to pray, lifting our petitions to you, knowing that you hear our, our request if we ask according to your will. And Lord, tonight we ask on behalf of Miss Mona as she's, uh, uh, Lord, she's uh, praying for her mom as she's not been doing so well. She had the heart attack this weekend. Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen her and help her to recover quickly. Lord, I ask that you would be with uh, Luke, as he's recovering from his surgery, Lord, I ask that you would uh, be with Jennifer's uh, friend's daughter. She had the, and her husband as they need uh, to be saved and pray for this new baby. Lord, I ask that you be with uh, Jill Branson and uh, just uh, meet the needs there. Give Miss Angie wisdom and as they make tough decisions, Lord, I pray that you just guide and direct them. Lord, for Jean and Harold uh, Snyder, Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with them as uh, Jean's not long for this world. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, just be with be with her and comfort her during this time. Lord, I pray that you be with Brother Jack's mom, uh, Miss Bonnie. Lord, I pray that you would uh, Lord that you would comfort her. Be with Brother Jack as he's just having a really difficult time with this. Lord, that you would comfort his heart. And, Lord, that you give him peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I ask that you be with Brother John as he's getting ready to go in for back surgery. Lord, I pray that you would even now prepare the doctors and that you would have the right doctors on, on uh, 
uh, on the surgery team. And Lord, I pray that you would have the right nurses and that you would guide the doctor's hands. And Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, that you would heal him quickly. And Lord, that you would uh, give him a speedy recovery. Lord, I ask that you would just work a great work in his life. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. And Lord, as we think of our back to Bethlehem this weekend, Lord, I pray, Lord, that souls will be saved. Lord, I pray that uh, we would be an encouragement to our community. Uh, but the most important thing is that someone would be helped spiritually. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would just do a great work. We will not fail to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for being here tonight. If you are sticking around for Back to Bethlehem, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Adam. But you are dismissed. All right. We're going to go ahead and meet back in the um, entrance, which is the middle classroom.